Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. The Lord answered his prayer. And then there's a woman named Hannah. Hannah wept bitterly before the Lord because she could not have a child. And God answered her prayer. And that child's name was Samuel. And Samuel was the one who anointed David, king of Israel. And then I think of Elijah. He prayed. And then for three and a half years, it didn't rain. But after his assignment was over, he gets back on his knees he prays. Seven times he prays. And on the seventh time, it started raining. And then there's Jesus in the garden. They said he prayed so hard that blood came out of his brow. And he prayed this prayer, not my will be done, but your will. And that prayer is what gave Jesus the strength to do what we could not. So why do we pray? Why do we spend 21 days of prayer and fasting? Well, we know that prayer works. And so you join us for 21 days of prayer. Yeah, y'all come out and pray with us because we got some good stuff going on. We got a good devotional that we're going to be writing up and coming out with uh, about prayer and um, and if y'all don't know who I am, I am the youth pastor here. I'm, my name is Karen. I like, to <laughs> I like to tell the youth, hi, my name is Karen, but I'm not a Karen. That's my little joke, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I get to speak today, and we're going to be talking about when God seems silent. And I think we've all experienced when it feels like God just isn't saying anything, when God just isn't doing anything in our lives, we just felt just like, there isn't, he's just not there, right? We've experienced that. And um, as the youth group, well, about a year ago, we went through the Bible stories together, and uh, I started showing these pictures whenever I was reading scripture to them, just to kind of um, keep their attention, and it kind of became a little joke, because they're really dated pictures. <laughs> um, and one, at one point, um, <laughs> One picture really stuck out to me, and um, when God points something out, we, we listen, right? We better listen, and this is, this is the picture that stuck out to me. Um, it's supposed to be of the Israelites crying out to God when they had become slaves in Egypt. And at this point, um, during this picture, uh, it had been hundreds of years since God had revealed himself to Joseph in his dreams. It had been hundreds of years since jo- Jacob and Joseph, their leaders, had died. So the Israelites didn't have a leader. And they didn't have any actual written Bible. 
Um, they likely had oral history and stories to kind of go off of, but they didn't have the Bible like we do. And they were being oppressed. Um, they were slaves and being oppressed by the worldly leaders at the time. And so they were crying out to God, and I can only imagine how long they had been crying out. It's, you know, centuries. Um, it's very likely that some of these people didn't even know what it was like to not live in slavery. And so they didn't know what it was like to be free, um, and they'd been crying out and asking God and being like, hey, God, look at us. Look at what we're going through for, for centuries. And maybe you can relate to that. Have you ever felt like you've been crying out to God to change things for what feels like centuries? Maybe you can place yourself in this photo. Maybe you see that hairy-chested Israelite and think, yep, I know that feeling. <laughs> But you've been crying out to God and waiting for what feels like your whole life. Maybe, maybe you're waiting for someone else. Maybe you've been waiting what feels like somebody else's whole life for God to come and move and to change that situation. So we've been experiencing a lot of awesome God moves here at church, right? We've seen a lot of amazing healings, amazing things go on. And when that happens, there's people who are discouraged. We see a lot of excitement, and we see that people that get healed, and we're like, praise the Lord. But there's some people who are like, hey, like, what about me? Why didn't I experience that healing? And we kind of have to acknowledge that. Um, we kind of have to deal with that, that hurt and that pain and that kind of discouragement. Um, and so maybe, you know, Maybe talking about healing is, is hard for you because you've been asking for so long for healing. And you're like, God's never answered this, this, this prayer for me. So it might strike a chord. Maybe you're like, can we stop talking about healing, please? Because it's never happening for me. Um, and maybe, maybe you've given up on asking. Maybe you're like, okay, we can talk about healing, but I'm sure not going to go up for prayer because that's not for me. Um, maybe God has felt silent and unmoving. There's one other time that we see in the Bible where God goes silent. And it's the years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And each of these silent times in the Bible, we can really teach us what to expect and how to live when God seems silent. So first we see it in the years of before the, in Genesis and Exodus, those two books. We see um, God is silent when the Israelites um, are first enslaved. And then we see it again between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And before the Israelites actually went through this oppression and silence, God actually told them what to expect. He prepared them for this silence. And so in Genesis we see God tells them exactly how long they will be sojourners and that they will even be enslaved. So Genesis 15, 13 says, Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. We actually see the fulfillment of this in Exodus. Actually, sorry. 
But yeah, so they're going to be enslaved. He tells them that exactly right there. And then after that in Genesis, he, t- he tells them that, that God promises growth through the process. So first he tells them how long it's going to be, and then he promises there's going to be growth through this. And so there's often growth spiritually in God's silence. And so in this actual situation with the, with the Israelites, we see growth physically. Like there's a lot of them and a lot of them, and that's part of the, uh, the promise that God had made to Abraham. So God promises growth through the process, and that's Genesis 46.3. He says, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. And so it was a physical thing, and we see that in Exodus 1.7. It says, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in number, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. And so we see that fulfillment there of that promise that God had made to them. And often when we experience silence, we grow. And then God promises he is still with them despite the silence. And Genesis 46.4 says, I will go down to Egypt with you. And so that's a big deal. Um, Jacob didn't even want to go back to Egypt because he was like, that's where you've told us not to go. <laughs> he was like, we're not supposed to go to Egypt. But God had to show up in a dream and be like, hey, or a vision. And it's like, hey, it's okay to go to Egypt. I'll go with you. And then God promises return. And Genesis 46, 4, the rest of that says, and I will surely bring you back again. And so he promises he'll be with them despite the silence, and then he promises the return. And so listen to this. God promises growth. He promises he's still with you. He promises return. It won't last forever. I think the greatest thing, the greatest hope in that, in their silent journey, is that God says he is still with them. Even in his silence, he is with them. Even in his silence, he is with you. This is a reoccurring promise throughout scripture. It's everywhere. I have so many different verses, and I'm sure I could have even more. But Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then Hebrews 13.5 says, Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Isaiah 41.17 says, When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. And then Psalm 94.14 says, For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. So God is with you even in the silence. You can look at all of these scriptures. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you, even when it feels like he's not there. And so if God is not absent when he is silent, what is God doing in the silence? So let's look at the time of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament and see what God was doing in that time. So there were a few things that needed to happen before Jesus could come uh, to and, and the silence could be ended, right? So Jesus had to come. That was what they were waiting for. We were waiting for Jesus, waiting for the Messiah. And a few things had to happen for this to, to take place. And this is just two that I'm going to give you. There's plenty more that needed to happen. But one, one thing was there needed to be a common language spoken throughout the known world. So there needed to have this language that we could share Jesus with people. If we don't have the same language, we can't talk about it. 
And there also needed to be a way of transportation from different parts of the known world. And so many other things, but those were two of the big things that needed to happen before Jesus could come. And without these things happening, the news of Jesus' death and resurrection wouldn't have been able to be spread as quickly as it had been. And so the thing God was doing in his silence was rearranging things to set up the time and place for what he had planned. He was rearranging. He was making sure that what he had planned was set up right. And so you might be experiencing silence right now. And it could be because God is setting you up. He's rearranging your thoughts. He's rearranging the times and places around you so you can be in a specific place that God has for you to fulfill that purpose for you. And so what can we do and how should we react when God seems silent? So I'm going to give you all a couple things, what we can do. Um, One thing... This is so important because remember the Israelites didn't even have a Bible. They had no actual written word. They just had the oral stories. And so the Bible is God's word. And so just one thing that's so important to remember is we're never in silence. As much as it may feel silent, we're never in silence because we have God's word. And so um, God may seem silent and unmoving, but we can always turn to his word for hope and to hear his voice. His word is his voice, and we we can turn to it. And so we usually take this for granted, um, the Bible, right? We have it. Many of us have many of them in our homes. Um, But the Israelites didn't have have this. And there's people in countries who don't have the privilege of owning a Bible without it being illegal. And there are still people who don't even have it translated in their native language. So yeah, we take the Bible for granted, but it's, it's God's word. We, are, we never have to go in silence of God because we have this. Um, God's word is his voice, and we neglect to open it far too often. We wonder why God is silent, and yet we, have, we haven't even set our hearts to read his word. So the first step when God seems silent is to trust his word and not your feelings. So a lot of times God seems silent because it's our feelings, right? We feel like, oh, we haven't felt God in worship today. We didn't feel like God was there when we took communion today. Maybe you were taking communion and you're like, yep, I hear Neil, but this isn't hitting a chord. And that's when we feel like God is silent, right? We're not feeling what is being around us. And so we trust his word and not our feelings. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 9 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes or when silence comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We can't trust our feelings, but we can trust God's word. And when we trust God's word and what he has already done and already said, we can't be shaken even in times of silence. So first, trust his word and not your feelings. And then secondly, ask yourself if there is anything in your life that might be causing a rift in the relationship with God. There are times when God seems silent 
because we've removed ourselves from allowing him in part of our life. And just like when you might disobey a parent or be doing something maybe your spouse doesn't approve of, you're gonna wanna distance yourself from that person. And so this isn't always the reason for silence, but it is something we should consider if we're experiencing silence. And so Psalm 66, 16 through 20 says, come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Did you get that? If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Our sin separates us from God. And then Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So sometimes it's because there's something going on in our life that we shouldn't be having going on. And so here's some questions. Maybe you're like, maybe that's me. I'm not positive that's me. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself, like, is this why God is being silent? Is there someone you need to forgive? Unforgiveness is a really big deal to God. Um, I mean, forgiveness is what our faith hinges on. Forgiveness is what God gives us, and so it's so very important that we're willing to give that to others. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's a big deal. Unforgiveness is a really big deal. And that's why he makes it such a big deal here. He's like, you need to forgive people so I can forgive you. And so we, that's so important, unforgiveness, and that's one question we can ask. And even when we worship, if there is unforgiveness, our worship can be hindered. And so often our worship is where we hear God, right? And so this is so important. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Saying, if you're worshiping and you're like, oh man, this person's mad at me, and I did something that I shouldn't have done, I need to go tell, I need to make things right. This is, he's saying, do it, do it before you worship. Get it over with. Like, this is something that you need to deal with and it's so important that he's like, let's do this right now. Not later, but right now. And so, uh, is there unforgiveness? That's one of your biggest questions, is maybe as to why maybe you're experiencing silence. And then another one, is there something you love more than God? The first commandment is this, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. That's Exodus 20, 22 through 3. No other God but him. And so if you're putting something before God, if you're putting even your family, even your, your work, good, there can be good things that you're putting before God. It can, can cause that rift with the Lord. And Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted and 
to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Often money is some, something that we put before God, our, our finances. We say, no, I'm going to deal with this, but I'm not going to let God deal with that. And that can, cause, that can cause some silence on our part of God. And then the last question we can ask, and this kind of encompasses those two, but it, it makes it a little bit more broad. Is there something I am doing on a regular basis that doesn't line up with his will for my life? And Because any sin is going to cause... And usually it's regular sin, something that you do every single day. Because we all sin, right? We're all going to fall short. But when we do it every single day, it's like, maybe you should deal with that. Um, Hebrews 10, 26 through 27 says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. So sin is, sin is a big deal to God, just like forgiveness, but sin is something that we need to take care of. He says it's, we're supposed to confess and then be clean. Um, so sin can cause that rift, any sin. Um, and so all of these questions can help us see if there might be something on our end hindering us from hearing from God. So first, we trust his word and not your feelings. Then we ask if there's something in our life that might be causing that rift. And then, this is important. This is, if you get nothing else, get this. Keep talking to God. Don't give up. Don't give up talking to God because you can't hear him or you can't see him. Don't give up on asking for healing or deliverance because you haven't seen it yet. Right. We see this, the psalmist has felt like God had abandoned him, but continues to cry out. Psalm 2020, Psalms 22, 22, 1 through 2 says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Have you ever felt like that? He was far away. Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Remember, he does this every day. He's still calling out. He may not feel like God is there, but he still calls out. And then Job, in, in, in the book of Job, he cries out to God for answers. And God is silent for the majority of the book. <laughs> 39 chapters, God is silent and, but God does eventually answer him. And then Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So keep talking. Even when God doesn't feel like he's there, he is. Remember those scriptures earlier? I read like five different scriptures about how God has not left you alone. And there's so many more in the Bible if you need to turn to those. I think sometimes um, I've gotten discouraged because I'm like, why didn't God do this? Um, or talk to me at that point. Sometimes um, we'll go to camp and 
there's somebody who gets this word from God, this amazing word from God, and you're like, man, why didn't I get that? That was, that was really cool, but like, I, I could have used that, right? And I think sometimes God is trusting us with that silence. He's saying, you know, you didn't really need that word from me. Like, you trust that I'm here. You trust that God is, I'm good. He's like, you're, you didn't need that word from me. But that person, they were on the edge of breaking, and they needed that word. And sometimes I had to remind myself, like, maybe I just didn't need that, but they did. And so sometimes we just need to remember, like, God is trusting us with his silence. He's saying, you know, you can go through this. I'm still here, but I'm going to let you go through this. And so God may seem silent to you today. He may feel unmoving. But in his silence, he is rearranging. That's the hope that we have. So don't give up. Keep crying out. He is listening. Christian, you can come on up. So maybe you're experiencing a time of silence. And this may be not because you're sinning. It may not be because there's something on your part that you need to do. But you're just experiencing silence. And... You need to continue to trust his word. Look to his word for hope and encouragement. He gave it to us so we don't have to experience full silence like the Israelites had to. We never have to experience that full silence ever again. So if, you don't, like, if you're like, yeah, I, I don't feel like I can hear from God today, and you're, maybe this is your, in, like, maybe it's an invitation to say, Maybe I'm going to dive deeper into his word. Maybe it's an invitation to just open your Bible more than you used to. Um, if you don't know where to start, there's plenty of awesome plans on the Bible app that, you know, even look up plans for silence. Those are out there. And maybe it's been a long time since you've cried out. You've, been, you've given up on God. Today's the day to cry out again. God hears you. He wants you to talk to him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to be like, hey, God, 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 God. He wants you to keep knocking and keep poking at him because he loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to hear from you. You're never too far gone to turn back to him. And if the prayer team could come up, this last one kind of has a call, right? So first you can dive deeper into the God's word and maybe you just need to, during this last song, call out to God. Maybe you've decided I'm never talking to God ever again about this. Maybe there's a certain healing that you've just decided I'm never going to ask God ever again about that. But maybe you just need to call out again for that. And then lastly, maybe you're here today and you know there's been something you've been doing in your life that is hindering you from hearing from God and getting close to him. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He, pur he purifies us 
Not our works, not what we do, but he makes us clean. Today is your chance to confess and repent. Today is your chance to come up to somebody here and say, hey, this is what I'm going through, this is what I've done, and I don't want to do it again. Can we walk through this repentance together? Because that's what we want to do as a prayer team. We want to get you to where you don't feel like you want to do that again, where that temptation may be even gone. But he is faithful to forgive. And he is even more faithful to make us clean. It's his work that makes us clean, not what we do. So I'm going to pray and we're going to do this song. And I just want you all to cry out. If you've, if you've given up, cry out. If you need to make things right with God, do that. So I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for your word that you are not silent anymore, God. I pray, Lord, for those that might be experiencing your silence, that they would remember that you're, you're, never, you're not going to stay silent forever, that there is a return. Lord, I pray that for those that have given up that have said, I'm not asking any more about that because it's never going to happen. I pray that you would renew their hope in you, God. Renew their hope in what you have for them, God. I pray that they would cry out and trust in you and trust in your word, God. And Lord, I pray that if there's things hindering us from hearing you, Lord, that you would help us to see those things, point those things out to us so that we can get right with you, God. And I pray that you would help us in that repentance because we can't repent and change our minds alone. Only you can change our minds, God. And I pray for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 